Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Never Seen It. This is a podcast about movies that we haven't seen yet. I'm your host today, Betsy, and with me on our continued adventures through time, it's Trent. Time! Time foolery. <laughs> time foolery. That's what we're doing here. We're going here. to continue to call it that. That is what the series is called. These are movies having to do with time travel, time loops, anything where time is the a focal point. A factor. A factor. Yes. And today we are watching a movie that I have seen, but Trent has not. We are watching Safety, Not Guaranteed. Trent, what do you know about this movie? Well, we are definitely taking a, a turn here as far as, like, how big of a budget the movie had. Yes, this is what we would call an independent film. <laughs> Indeed, and this movie's been around for a while. I, I remember you saying that you watched this movie. I don't even remember when it came out. This came out in 2012, so this is the same year as Looper. Oh, okay. But like I said, yes, this is a, a much smaller scale movie uh, from one of the Dupless brothers. Yes, there is this stretch of movies from like 2010 to 2015 Yeah, yeah. where I just kind of assume Mark Duplass has something to do with them because he and his brother were cranking out a lot of movies yeah. and they all have a very similar tone yeah, as far as independent movies go. Yeah, they have the same kind of tone. A lot of them have the same cast because he just cast his, his friends in all of his all these movies. Sometimes. And I know, uh, I think Aubrey Plaza is also in it. An indie movie darling. Another one, yep. Uh, besides those couple of people, I don't really know who else is in it. The only thing I really do know is the fact that somebody takes out a newspaper ad saying that I'm looking for a partner to go on a, an adventure, a time-traveling adventure. I've only ever done this once, safety not guaranteed, or something to that effect. I don't know anything else. I don't know if this is actually time traveling i don't know if it's real or like what the concept is what the plot is i don't have a clue and that's the big question from the trailer and the big question from the movie yeah so we'll get to it because i don't think you really know anything else about this i really this. don't i don't even think i've ever seen a trailer for this movie or if you have it's been a very very long time yeah so with that we're just gonna wrap up this intro we're gonna go watch safety not guaranteed and we'll be right back Was safety not guaranteed? Trent, what did you think of that? Hop on my time boat and we're going back to 2001. <laughs> <laughs> that was as expected, I think. Did you like it? I think I did. Going into this, I kind of knew that there really wasn't a whole lot of time travel. There was even a question whether or not anything would ever happen regarding time travel, but the movie is all about going back in time. But in reality, the movie is really about looking back on your life and thinking about the regrets of your life and the decisions that you make and maybe you could have been with this person, maybe not. And it reminds me of another movie that Jake Johnson was in that we kind of talked about before we started recording, uh, Drinking Buddies, because... 
In that movie, people are in different parts of their life and they come together and they realize, you know what, I'm not happy where I am, but I can't have the thing that I want, so nobody's going to be happy. Like I said in the intro, there is just this swath of movies from around this time yeah. that are all cut from the same cloth. And they are. sometimes Mark Duplass is, is involved and sometimes he has nothing to do with it. Like he doesn't actually have anything to do with Drinking Buddies. But it has that same but it's kind the of same vibe. vibe. It's yeah. the same energy. And like any good independent film, this movie is not about what you think it's about. Yeah. It's always like... The, the feelings of being young and alive mm-hmm. and remorse and regret and moving on and growing up. Yeah. It's all these like broader feelings yeah, and, and being, emotions. And really being okay with where you are. You don't have to go back in time to, to make yourself feel better. Or Metaphorically to, or literally. Yeah, or to, to have a happy life. Like you can find something, you can find someone to make yourself happy. Right. I think this movie is really charming. Like, I found myself smiling through most of it because the cast is really good together. Yeah. Like, Aubrey Plaza, Mark Duplass, Jake Johnson were all on sitcoms at the time they made this movie. Every single one of them was doing TV. Mm -hmm. And then the three of them come together and they make this just quirky, weird little movie that may or may not actually be about a guy who can travel in time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, on paper, that's fantastic. And one of my favorite things is just watching Aubrey Plaza, who is known for having the resting bitch face to end all resting bitch faces. Yeah, this role is made for her, literally. Yes. Whenever she smiles, like in this movie, you get to see her, like, hard exterior crack, and she's happy. Like, Mm -hmm. you watch her kind of figure out this guy is really weird, but I'm into it. Mm -hmm. And it makes her happy and her life gets better because of it. And it's just, I like all three of these people independently. And when you put Mm -hmm. them together, it just works for me. Yeah, and like talking about her... It's it's unfortunate to really pigeonhole her into one different into one role because of all of the different movies that I've seen her in in the first half of her, of her career, that's her arc. She goes from this, like you said, the resting bitch face. She's not happy about anything. She is completely cynical about life and the world and everything else. But by the end, if you can get her to smile, if she can crack a smile, by golly, that's the end of the movie and you've you've accomplished your goal. <laughs> so. I like how nowadays Aubrey Plaza is being cast in a lot of different kinds of stuff. She was in, um, we, we haven't watched The White Lotus, but I know she was in that. She was getting a lot of buzz about that. Uh, she's been in some other uh, other comedies recently, too. I can't really remember because I haven't seen any of it. But again, she's getting cast in a lot more dramatic stuff. And well, she's gotten older. Right. And then you've got Mark Duplass, who, as I said, is like this king of indie filmmaking yeah, and for he, this era. And he is perpetually like 35 yeah it's like how old are you 30 90 i have no No. idea he looks the same in everything well and it's it's also his attitude because in this movie he's talking about going back to 2001 which by the by the, the time that this was made it would have been about 10 years prior that's when you know we're about the high school age he's he's a little bit older than us but you know he's talking about a time when he was into this girl she was really nice to him. They didn't actually date or anything like that. He doesn't say anything really about her other than the fact that she was really nice to him. I, does he actually say... He says it was his girlfriend, right? He explicitly calls her that? No. He all doesn't. He, all he says was, it's, this is about a girl. This is about a girl. Okay. Yeah. And then last but not least, you've got Jake Johnson, who 
is just really, really good at being kind of an asshole, but yeah. also just an oblivious guy where he just needs someone to take care of him. Like, he's perfectly capable of living and existing, but his life is enhanced by other people. Yeah. He plays this kind of guy a lot, but all three of them have their own unique delivery that is just very... I don't know. One of them is really dry. Like, Mark Duplass is so dry in this movie. Yeah. Like but not, the, like, toast dry. The like, only person dry that, and funny. Yeah, the only person that kind of doesn't fit with their typecast, it's Mark Duplass. Because he is this, this very closed-off guy who is very singularly focused. He is on a mission, literally, to do this thing. He is always talking about it, even at his shitty grocery store job, and talking about it with his, uh, with his co-worker. But in reality, he is really a good guy. There's nothing really wrong with him. He's just a little weird. The big question of the movie is, can he actually travel in time? Is his ad for real? Is he for real? Is he legit? Or is he insane? Right. And for the majority of the movie, as it unfolds, you kind of start to assume he's actually insane. I would, I would disagree with that because there's nothing here specifically that is saying one way or the other if he is legit or not. Because, yeah, he's doing things in a very unconventional way. He's, like, scoping out this science building and, like, breaking in and, and stealing you know, equipment from there while there's a birthday party happening. And it's, it's kind of, like, very low-key crazy, but you have to be crazy to, to believe that you can actually go back in time. Right, is he? But he's very paranoid. He says people are following him. Yeah, and you're like, okay, guy, whatever sure. you say, sure you are. Government agents, black helicopters, the whole nine. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, the big finish is he's on the level. He yeah. actually did it. He invented a time machine. There are government agents after there him. There are government agents after him, and the two of them disappear together. Yes. Now, the first time I saw this movie, I was on the camp of okay, it's just a quirky movie. He can't actually travel in time and there's going to be some resolution to it because at this time especially, they weren't making movies where the ultimate ending is they can actually travel in time. Sure. That's just very out there for the kind of movie at the time it was being made. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the movie, they do it. They disappear on his time boat, as you called it. <laughs> yep. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell? That really just happened. Did you feel like that was how this movie was going to end? When you were going along for the ride, what were you assuming was going to happen here? I assumed that, yes, there was going to be something at the end, but you wouldn't see the result. You wouldn't see them go back to 2001 or whatever time that they were going to go back to. They would to. just disappear they would just without a trace. go away. And I figured if they didn't go back, they would have done something with that little tin in the truck where there was there would be a note uh, written from the past for Mark Duplass if if maybe she went back in time or vice versa somebody would leave a note in there and that would be the resolution but in this case they decide okay we're going to go to whatever time that they're going to go back to i guess they're going to go back and try to save her mom or something that was the implication yeah. yeah so they finally do it but then there's no resolution we don't know if they were successful they we don't know if they weren't just vaporized and they're all dead <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea because they all they do is show you the footage of them kind of fucking around you have to be optimistic for this kind of movie yeah, that yeah. they were successful 
But yeah, you're right. The movie just ends. We don't know what happened to them beyond it. Yeah, like in the context of the movie, I believe, yes, they did go back in time and do what they say they were going to do. But I, I wish... Man, I, I don't really know what I wish because at some point I might wish for them to actually show them going back in time and doing the thing and her being happy with him. But I also had a problem. This has nothing to do with the time travel portion. I had a problem with the age difference because Aubrey Plaza here is playing an intern in college, which is to say you're in your early 20s and this guy is clearly like, again, 35, 38, whatever. He's my age. <laughs> so... I have a problem with that because, yeah, he is a little bit on the on the weird side. He is maybe, I don't even want to call him immature, but I don't think he's, like, taking advantage of her. She's an intelligent person. She's deciding to go along with this. She is entranced by this entire process. And she makes the first move. Yeah. So I'm okay with it to a point, but... Yeah, if if his entire goal here is to go back in time to save his quote-unquote girlfriend, who really wasn't a girlfriend, then what are you doing kissing on her then? So two thoughts. The first one being, Aubrey Plaza has a propensity for playing this kind of age gap in her love interest, because it's yeah. the same thing on Parks and Rec, where Chris Pratt wasn't supposed to be on the show beyond X number of episodes, Yeah. but then they built this storyline around her and him, being a couple, and in the same way, he's a lot older than she is. Yeah. But it's also, I think, just a rational thought because guys and girls mature differently. You're right. So girls who are 22 and guys who are in their 30s actually are about on the even <laughs> plane versus the other way around. Like, the other way around usually doesn't yeah. make it, sense. It's, it's high school all over again for me. <laughs> so that's the first thing. So I don't have a problem with it because they have a lot of really good chemistry. I agree with you. And they're cute together. And it makes me smile. And I'm here for it. And I'm rooting for them. And despite him being this, like, wacky survivalist type, paranoid guy in the woods. <laughs> well, <laughs> Like, hey, if there's charm to him. You I can explain a lot of that away, though, because he's said that his parents left him this house it just happens to be in the woods he had no control over that and why wouldn't you want to live in a house you know rent free right you just own it it's yours right and it is interesting how it's kind of a time capsule when you look inside of it. Yeah. It's the old wallpaper, old All TV. sorts of old tech and like the the barn in the back where he's building this time machine, which we do kind of see. Like one of the guys is like peering through the window and you can see the big ass engine in this, in this shed that he is building. You can see he's building something. There is something in there. Yeah. All right. Well, the second point I had before I forget, I had another point. All right. You said that this Belinda girl was not really his girlfriend. When we meet her, mm -hmm. it's Kristen Bell, who I totally forgot was in this movie. Yeah. She is the exact opposite of Aubrey Plaza. She is blonde and yeah. light and fair and completely nothing like her. Uh-huh. I, I knew girls like this growing up, but go on. So a good juxtaposition. And she tells this story about how they weren't really dating. Mm -hmm. She was nice to him. And he crashed his car into her boyfriend's house. Now, what up to this point we had heard mm -hmm. was that it was her who died because somebody drove their car into her house. Yeah, and in this case, no one actually died. But that's my question. This is a movie about time travel, and at the end of the movie, we prove that he does travel in time. Right. Is it possible she did die and they saved her 
And so now the storyline is different because oh, it would so make sense. Said, so what he said was true. What, what he said was true, yeah. but they managed to go back in time and save her. Yeah. But because now she and him are together, he and Aubrey Plaza are together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He saves her for different reasons. He just wants her to be alive because if he was successful, logic dictates she would be alive and well in the storyline. Now, what I was just thinking here is at the end of the movie, when Aubrey Plaza just springs it on him saying, hey, no, I just talked to Belinda. And he says, oh, well, that's great. He's just kind of nonplussed by the entire situation. And he realizes, oh, I already did this once. I get to go back and do it again and do something different. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. My implication here is she did die. Right. And he saved her because you could interpret it either way. You could say, yeah. well, he made the whole thing up because he's a little weirdo who got teased as a kid and he imagined them being together so much that he likes to believe it. Yeah. And he's just telling her this story. And like he like snapped and drove his car into the boyfriend's uh, house or whatever to try to kill him, but he didn't actually die. And he's just kind of a pathetic loser and they just sent him on his way and didn't call the cops. That's very unbelievable in, in my opinion. So I think our, our theory here has, has more weight that he did actually go back in time once already. But this time, I don't, see, that's the thing. Why is he wanting to do it with a partner this time? And why doesn't he remember what he did the first time he went back? He never tells us the first time he went back. We don't know what he did. Right. He doesn't explicitly say it. Now, my understanding would be that he didn't do it, but that's the thing about time. It's circular. Yeah. He could go back in time later and the repercussions of that are being felt now before he's even done it. Yeah, and he just none, has to do it later. And none of that is addressed here. They don't talk about the rules of time travel or anything like that. They do talk about, hey, don't do anything that deviates from the plan and shit like that. Eh, that's, that's very weak sauce when it comes to like rolling out the rules of your time travel movie. But I do think that the question remains, why doesn't he remember what he did or why aren't we told what he did the first time he went back? Did he just go back and then come right back? Did he go back in time and then stay there? How far did he go back? What did he do? We got none of that. My assumption would be he went back a little ways. Like he did the thing at the beginning of Back to the Future where, yeah. you know, Doc sends the car two minutes into the future, mm -hmm. but it's an instantaneous trip for the dog who is the passenger in the car. Right. Something that something is... Something like that. Where something it, scientifically that you can measure and prove that it works. Yeah. I left at one o'clock and I came back at 1245. Yeah. And I can prove that because all of the clocks say this and no one else was here to do anything about it. Yeah. So there are a couple of things they address, but they don't address that. So I, I agree with you. I kind of wish I had, I knew what he did, but I also like that they didn't because it makes you ask the question. The whole movie is this guy for real. If they yeah. told you, if they showed you, you would know he was for real. Now you were actually just reading that they changed the end of this movie entirely. Yeah. yeah. The original ending, he was not supposed to travel back in time. It wasn't going to work. There was a machine, but it didn't work. So they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. Yeah. I don't know what else happens besides that, but yeah, that was the original ending. They did not disappear. Which makes more sense in the world of the movie if you place the rest of it in order mm -hmm. as it is. But also, it is less of a joyous ending. Like, it is yeah. such a thrilling moment at the yeah. end of this movie where they get on, as you said, his time boat. It is just like this big <laughs> swamp raft that he has 
fixed with a jet engine and a bunch of doodads that glow. Yeah, it's not meant to go anywhere. It is just meant to house this uh, machinery. Yeah. So he, they're on the boat. It's making a lot of lights and noise and sure. all kinds of things. The other people are standing on the on the edge of the water yeah. watching it happen. And so not only do we see it, but they see it. And they're filled with joy and excitement. <laughs> and it's a very like big moment. Yeah. And it's a great finish. I think it's when your whole point of your movie is, is this guy on the level. I love a movie where you get to the end and they're for real. Yeah. Because I have seen movies before. That really disappointed the hell out of me because they're hinting at this fantastical world, this fantastical thing that's going to be happening. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's all fake because that guy's crazy. It's like, oh, that's no fun. I'm not interested in your straight drama and (laughs) like telling me about reality. I want to see the guy travel in time with his girlfriend. (laughs) You know, the the movie that this kind of reminds me of, the vibe of it, I know it is like a completely different resolution. It reminded me of seeking a friend for the end of the world. Yeah, I get that. Because the tone is the same. The people are about the same. A mismatched couple. Completely mismatched. But they find each other in the end in a very difficult, for lack of a better word, a difficult time for them. And that movie is a lot about looking back. And the main character in that movie wants to meet meet up with his high school crush or girlfriend or whatever and have a moment before the end of the world. And they don't because they find themselves in a better solution. Or they find themselves in a better situation that they wouldn't have had otherwise. It's about the friends you meet along the way, as exactly. it were. Exactly. <laughs> so if you haven't, I, I keep on recommending movies on this podcast. Go and seek that movie out. Seeking a friend for the end of the world. You'll thank me later for it. <laughs> there is, however, a storyline of that. So I understand why you might think of it. Yeah. Because Jake Johnson only goes to this town because his high school girlfriend lives there. Mm-hmm. And at first, he is such an asshole. He's like, yeah. oh, she's old and fat and, you know, tying shad- a- shit on her face. Yeah, <laughs> she's such a fucking tool here. But you know what? Like you said, Jake Johnson just kind of plays guys like this. And when he meets up with her finally, she's like this dream woman. She's actually available. She has like chickens and she feeds chickens and she bakes and she gives massages and she makes a roast chicken. (laughs) Well, and it's the other intern that convinces him, hey, you know what? You should give her another chance. Yeah, maybe it's not all so bad as you think. It wouldn't be a waste if you didn't try. Yeah, and like Aubrey Plaza throws it back in his face saying, oh, so she looks like you. She's your age. Yeah. yeah. She's Oh, she's old and disgusting because you're the same yeah, age. like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry she is not your ideal teenage fantasy exactly. from when you were 18. And they even, like, mess around with the audience because we see this, like, young blonde in the foreground when in reality it's the one in the back. You know, the homely redhead in the, in the back. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> revolting. She's, like, 38. The super beautiful, busty woman who's, like, baking you. <laughs> three pies and you don't know that you might actually like someone like that until you give them a chance well i liked how she says oh yeah i made three pies i made a peach a cherry and an apple which one would you like yes that's what we say to each other whenever we give each other like four different options would you like this or this or that or this yes yes (laughs) (laughs) if they're all good things anyway if the list is good take it all yes 
And the, he gets like really disillusioned very quickly in this situation where mm-hmm. first he's like not interested. Then she's actually amazing. And he's like, you should just come to Seattle with me, like live with right. me and move in with me. And I miss you. And I love you. And she's just like, slow down, crazy, right. slow down. Well, and, and I think the, the important thing here is like when he first goes over there and starts talking to her, she asks about him. How's your life? Well, I just told you, I've got an Escalade, I've got a great job, I have a big house. It's all these metrics that a teenager would think would be, hey, you're a successful person, but you're not happy. Like, Jake Johnson's character is not a happy person. No, he doesn't really work very hard. He is not really excelled at anything. He doesn't really make friends with the interns. They they have to do his job for him. Yeah. And when he realizes that he could have something good with this woman, mm-hmm. he immediately, like, sinks the ship. Like, he doesn't try to find a middle ground. He just immediately goes, oh, this is what I need. Yeah. Like, it's the only solution. I- you can save me. You or- can solve all my problems. Or I'm able to transplant this exact situation where I currently am and just add it in. No, it is a compromise, dude. She lives far away, far enough away. She has her own place. She has her own chickens. <laughs> she has a nice picnic bench that you can fuck on. She has everything in her life put together and you have nothing put together. So, of course, yeah. you just want to insert yourself into her life. Right. Because she'll just take care of you instead of you having to grow up. And you don't want to change. And yeah. you don't want to change. Yeah. And immediately when she's like, that's a bad idea. He's like, you're a bad idea. And right. then goes out and gets drunk this and stupid. This was a mistake. And yeah, he, he reverts back to himself. He's an idiot. Yeah. And that's kind of his whole arc. Like, by the end of the movie, he's not really any better than he was at the beginning. No. he's He just cheers them on when they travel through time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he also you know goes up to the agents at the end of the movie where, where they're questioning Aubrey Plaza about uh, Kenneth. And he comes up and says, hey, I'm the boss here. I'm her, I'm her boss. I'm here to help out. I can bullshit my way out of anything, which is what he tries to do the entire movie. Like when he's at the, the football game, he's just being a brash asshole and like trying to convince the other intern that, yeah, you need to be like me. You need to be like me. It's like, no, dude, I'm not like you. I don't want to have your, I, I don't want your life. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever movie that's from. Isn't that one of the football movies? It is a football movie. <laughs> So speaking of other kinds of movies, we talked about this on the last episode. Looper was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who also made the second installment in the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Episode 8. He made Episode 8, The Last Jedi. The man who directed this movie Mm -hmm. and the guy who wrote it with him were also involved in the ninth entry into that series they were signed on and have a story by credit for the rise of skywalker yeah and the director here was actually going to direct episode nine but he dropped out due to creative differences so i just find that really funny that every fucking time we do one of these series it always comes back around to star wars yeah and again these two movies came out around the same time the same year yeah it's really crazy sometimes that's a a weird coincidence yeah the both of these guys are into time travel and they're both into star wars they even make a they make a joke about stormtroopers and they talk about stormtroopers in here yeah Yeah. Yeah, the the stormtroopers are blue-collar workers. They don't know anything about technology. (laughs) Yeah, having a fucking clerk's conversation here. (laughs) 
What did they say in Clerks? They're all like contractors. They're independent contractors. <laughs> it's not their fault that they they just signed on for a job. <laughs> all right. One, one scene that I wanted to bring up was when he is going to steal the lasers. This whole sequence is so bizarre. He's been scoping out this company, this tech company. Yep. And he just waltzes in and locks up the security guard. And it's clearly at nighttime, but they are having an office birthday party in the room right across from where he's going to steal all the shit. Mm -hmm. And he takes all the stuff and they are all staring at him and follow him all the way out the building, Mm -hmm. asking him, what are you doing? You know, the night shift scientist crew. But nobody stops him. This scene is so weird. It's very awkward. I don't know if you just, I just wanted to talk about it. (laughs) I don't really have any other commentary other than that is a bizarre scene because you expect this whole place to be empty. But no, they have people working at night. Yeah. Having an office birthday party. I I feel like there is a, a sliver of humor in this movie. That's part of it. It's very subtle, but like the the other scientists, the, the sci- I don't even know what the hell they do there, but they're, I think some of them are wearing lab coats or whatever. At least one guy, yeah. a lab coat and a little party hat. <laughs> but they could have been completely cut from the movie and the movie would have been the same. You wouldn't have needed to see anybody. You wouldn't have needed to have them follow him. That didn't need to be there except for hey, yeah, we need to reinforce the fact that Mark Duplass is kind of a weirdo and what he's doing is very strange. He's also a really bad thief, but also somehow a really good thief because he misses the camera and his face is just out and then he takes his mask off completely. Right. They can all look him in the face and they know who he is if they needed to identify who stole their shit. Sure. And at this point in the movie, we also don't know if he's for real. So it's just like, what are you even stealing? What You're are you going to do with it? weird, incompetent burglar who is stealing lasers? He is For so, what? He has so many skills, though, Trent. He was not as impressive as a young man as he is now. He's got <laughs> massive training, like karate and jujitsu. Sure. And guns. I saw that, that gun training sequence. <laughs> <laughs> he means business. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really, really easy to make fun of this guy, and I get why they decide to do this story in the first place. Yeah. But I like that by the end, you actually feel for him, and he's very, he's a great character. I agree. So one thing we also haven't talked about is this is, quote-unquote, inspired by real events. Yeah, it's, I saw that. It's that thing. mostly, okay, nobody really traveled in time. That part is not the real thing that you know of but there was a guy who was a senior editor at some publication and they needed a placeholder for the like the want ads the classifieds yeah and he put in this little ad as a joke basically Mm -hmm. about traveling through time and it made the print and people heard about it they found it and they even featured it on the tonight show you know back in the days of jay leno when people would Mm -hmm. send him clips and he would read them on the news Mm mm-hmm so this is something that has just ballooned into a movie. Yeah. I kind of wish I had seen that ad because just out of context, not knowing anything about it, that's just a funny, weird thing to stumble upon. Yeah, because it's not like Craigslist where you can just pretty much put anything up there for free. In the cl- in the olden days, you kids... <laughs> of print media. You had to pay money to put in an ad into a newspaper. To have it published. To have it published in the newspaper. And people went to look at it and 
you could advertise pretty much whatever you wanted. Yeah, when I was in high school, we had some dogs that had puppies, and we clearly were not going to keep seven puppies, mm -hmm. but we just wanted them to go to a good home. And in yeah. those days, what do you do? You put it in the paper and said, free puppies. Yeah. it's Come want, call this number. It's want ads. It is mainly saying, hey, I got something to sell or I have something to that I want to buy. For the most part, the only time that our family ever did anything is, hey, we're ha we're having a garage sale or a yard sale or whatever. Well, and it's just a completely dead medium now. Yeah. Who, I don't know anybody who really uses there the newspaper for there it. There isn't a classified section anymore. The paper keeps shrinking. Any yeah. papers that do exist yeah. are getting smaller and smaller. There's no room for the classifieds. Internet, baby. Yeah. It's, so it's weird how even just 10, 11 years after this. Sure. How different a concept that is. Like, yeah. how would these people have found this guy in 2023? It wouldn't have been that. It would have been some crazy guy on the internet. You're right. Which changes the entire vibe of the movie. Mm -hmm. You would just assume that dude is completely insane yeah, and never even talk to him. You wouldn't even bother. No. The government's not interested in this man. He is one of thousands who are just <laughs> right. spouting crazy shit oh, on the internet. Don't get me started about that. <laughs> Well, Trent, do you have any other thoughts, anything we haven't touched on yet before we wrap this one up? There was just one line here when Aubrey Plaza goes to visit Mark Duplass in the grocery store when he's stacking cans of soup. She goes up to him and says, hey, do you sell guns here? Yeah, I'm looking for like sexy, affordable guns with a lot of killing power. <laughs> just a great line and then the next thing she asks for is a mason chain but she doesn't know what it's called right. you know one of those balls with the spikes and it's on a chain <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i don't know what kind of thing you're looking for it's like well i don't know what kind of weapons you want me to bring on this quest there's some great one-liners in this movie yeah. there's there's another one near the end where they're getting ready right before the end of the movie and they have kissed the night before mm -hmm. and he says last night was thunderbolt <laughs> like j the way he says it, that's such an unusual phrase, but you also completely understand what yeah. that means. I know exactly what you mean. It's just said in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense to people who don't really know what you're about and that you are a kind of a weirdo. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a weirdo thing to say, but I also think it's kind of a beautiful phrase because it's, yeah. it is easy to describe that instantaneous thing. It's instead of saying lightning, it's thunderbolt. You're right. It is a weird affectation of him. And again, I don't think I've ever heard that phrase anywhere else. It is just kind of in this movie. There's there's a lot of little moments like that in this movie, though. And I think it's just a tribute to the writing and just yeah. a really creative idea. I'm into it. Yeah, this is a really cute movie. I I like, like you said, it is a very, it's, it's everybody here has their own kind of charisma about them and you want to know more. Even down to the other intern who is finally convinced to have a good time and, you know, live his life and not just think about school and work and whatever else. Be young while you're young. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, that, that right there is, I think, the message of the movie. Like, do not waste your time. Do not waste your youth. Don't keep on looking in the past. Find your present and be happy. Yeah, live in the here and now. It's a great message. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Have you seen Safety Not Guaranteed? Do you believe that he did travel back in time and save Belinda? Or do you think this whole thing is horseshit and they exploded and died in a horrible <laughs> way at the end? I don't know. Uh, tell us about it. We would love to get an email from you. You can send us that at neverseenapod at gmail.com. 
We have an email from one of our recent movies when we did The World's End. Speaking of, you know, horrible things exploding. <laughs> and end of the world. So this is from our super fan, Stephanie. Uh, she begins, love this movie. Love Edgar Wright. The cast is great. The details are perfect. He is so meticulous with how everything lines up. So, so good. Oh, yeah. This one is probably the darkest of the Cornetto trilogy, but there is still so much humor and heart behind it. Love the drunk belligerent yelling at aliens. <laughs> at the end, yeah. I've not seen Last Night in Soho, but I really want to. We were talking about that in that episode, how mm-hmm. we would like to see Edgar Wright do something in the vein of horror, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that that one is, but we haven't watched it, so we yeah. uh, can't attest to that. She continues, This past weekend, we went to the cage match at the Screenland Armor here in Kansas City. It was a five-movie marathon, oh, all starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, Jesus. They, they did what we did. That's amazing. But in, like, one go, right. I assume, or, like, over two nights, I need more details. That's insane. All were really good, though we had not seen three of the five. The new ones to us were Bringing of the Dead, Red Rock West, and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I have seen one of these. I don't think you've seen any of those. I haven't seen any of them, no. Uh, She continues, I would definitely recommend all of them. Each is very different, but well worth it. The whole experience was so fun. I love local theaters, Nick Cage, and laughing in a room full of people. (laughs) Last night, I watched The Big Short, and I can see why you guys love it. It was excellent. Not sure why it took me so long to watch it. Hell yeah. And as always, she ends with love you guys, superfan Stephanie. (laughs) Oh, yes. Big Short is one of my favorite movies of the past, oh, I don't know, 10 years Probably about 10 years old by this point. It is certainly one of the better Adam McKay movies. Yeah. And he's tried to recreate that formula. And a couple it's of times. Very, to varying success. Yeah. The more I watch Vice, the more I like it. I didn't like it that much the first time. And I haven't seen Don't Look Up more than once. When we did when we did it for the, for the podcast, since then I haven't seen it again. Someday I might watch that again. I will. I definitely will. It kind of frustrated me at the time. Yeah. And like I said in the episode, I think we're just so close to it that it's really hard for me to let it go. Yeah, it, it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth uh, for that entire concept of him being himself and like his way of doing movies. And so far, he hasn't done another one yet. All right. Well, thank you again, Stephanie, for your email. But we would love to hear from you guys about this movie, any of the other movies we have covered, or just any questions or other movies you recommend. We like talking about movies. Pose us a question. It doesn't have to be about the movie that we're covering. It could be something that we've covered way, way, way in the past. Whatever. Suggest us some stuff. I don't care. So do that by sending us an email, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. You can also post on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us a message on there. Whatever way floats your boat, your time boat. Whatever floats your time boat, baby. (laughs) Send us a message. Let us know what you think about any of these movies. But we would most of all love if you would rate our show five, six, maybe even seven stars if it goes up that high. And write us a review because those things help us get in front of more people and get more listeners. Or just share our content. We make lots of it. So please tell your friends. But that's going to be it for this episode of our Time Foolery series. This is episode two of four. We've got another one coming your way on Sunday. What's it going to be, Trent? 
Time, more time foolery. More time foolery. Marches on. <laughs> All right. But with that, this has been another episode of Never Seen It. We thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Betsy. And my name is Trent. And we'll see you in the past. The future. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.